Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm sorry if you're not excited, but I'm going to try to get you excited. That's my job. Do you know that? Yeah. He said, let you be on fire for God and let everybody watch you burn. That's what they say to do. But we're going to talk about adventures in faith. How many of you are facing adventures in your life? You have projects, you have circumstances that you're trying to overcome, you know, every day, right? But the Bible says we're supposed to have joy in believing. Did you know that? We're not supposed to be all down, you know, trodden and saying, oh, you know, I'm just believing God. <laughs> That's not the way you're supposed to believe. You're supposed to believe knowing that God's going to do something for you before you see it happen. This is a mystery because a lot of people don't get the blessings of God because they say, this is, this is what I see. Maybe God's not working. Well, you've got to go behind the scenes to see what God is doing because you may not see it yet, but when it happens, it's because he was working on your behalf because of your prayers, because of the things that you're doing. Just like with Megan, she got three words from God. It didn't happen like the next day, but it's happening because God is working. He was giving her a foretell of what's going to happen. Praise God. Because God doesn't want us to get discouraged and give up and say, oh, it's not working. It's not going to happen. He says, just don't give up. Keep believing. So that's what we have to do. Have joy and peace in believing. And you know, sometimes you look at circumstances and you get nervous. You get kind of scared and you think, oh man, it's not going to work out. And I was just thinking when I was preparing this about one of these TV shows. You remember Batman and Robin? And this is where they first started this thing where they would have a sequence and they would stop it and say things like, well, let's see, let's see the people here. There they are. <laughs> and so they would, <laughs> the announcer would say something like, uh, could this be the end of our dynamic duel? Will Batman and Robin get the change of their life or get the charge of their life in the electric chair? Or will they use sleight of hand and find a way to slip out of this one? Be in front of your Batman, that sets tomorrow night. Same bat time, same bat channel, and find out if Batman and Robin will be freed or just fried. <laughs> Remember how they used to do that to you? And, and you're just like, oh man, I've got to wait a whole commercial to find out. Doesn't look like they're going to get out, does it? Sometimes it doesn't look like we're going to get out of our situations. Look like things are going downhill. Nothing's working. Where, God, are you? Remember when the disciples were in the boat said, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus was sleeping. Sometimes we think Jesus is sleeping on the job in our lives. Jesus, where are you? I've been praying to you. Why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> Why don't you do something to help us? You know where that came from, right? Laurel and Hardy. Why don't you do something to help me? <laughs> Because Jesus told them, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And they thought, well, they're not going to have any tragedies or, or turmoil because Jesus is with us. But guess what? A great tempest rose up. And they were scared because they thought they were going to go across like, uh, you know, in uh, Disneyland. It's a small world. You know how you get in those little boats? And you just kind of go. I mean, you're not going, what, two miles an hour? It's a small world after all. It's a small world. I mean, this, come on. Is this a ride? <laughs> they thought they were going to get in the boat and have just a nice little easy ride. And all of a sudden, everything, the water's in the boat. And you know when the water's in the boat, uh, that's a bad sign, isn't it? 
And these were fishermen. They said, we're going down. Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? And he got up and changed the whole situation, told the sea, calm down, wind, cease, and be still. Praise God. So let's look at it in a Bible story. Can you think of a Bible story where we had a problem like that? I'm thinking of Paul and Silas. They were in prison. It was midnight. They were in the deeper part of the prison. And it looked like things were not going to happen for them. They are going to be on trial the next day, and they were going to cut their head off. So the announcer would say something like this. Could this be the end of our dynamic duel? Has Paul seen the last of his days of ministry? What will Paul and Silas's fate be? How can they possibly be saved at this time? Will the Lord rescue them from their dilemma? Will Paul and Silas get out of their chains, or will they just be called chains of fools? Chains of fools. Be in front of your bat sets tomorrow night, same bat time, same bat channel, and find out if Paul and Silas will say, or will they be delivered, or will they be beheaded? <laughs> and so, do you ever find yourself in that kind of situation where it looks like it's the end of the rope, doesn't look like anything's going to happen for your good, but you keep on going? When we were in the community center for 12 years, I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, do you see, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you see us here? <laughs> Lord, where art thou? <laughs> but I kept staying faithful. I went all to the, the, all the Foursquare uh, meetings that Pat Crowder had. I was faithful. I cried out for help. I said, you know, guys, we need a building. Yo, <laughs> yo, you want to help us? <laughs> and yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. We'll help you. Nothing happened. But God, when it was the right time, perfect setting, God brought us into this place. So you can't give up in being faithful to the Lord. Because no matter what you're facing, we still, we're, we're kind of spoiled. Did you know we're spoiled? Oh, that person said something wrong to me. That, that person, you know, they wronged me. They put me at the wrong table at the wedding. You know, they, they, I... I look at the people on the news that are being persecuted in foreign countries. They're being threatened. They're being persecuted. They're being uh, um, killed, tortured. And we're like, well, that person cut me off on the freeway. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know where God is. We're still in a good place. Look at us. I mean, come on. We have all of our faculties. We're, we can move. We can do whatever we need to do. God is on our side. Maybe we don't have it exactly the way we want it. I mean, Moses was on the backside of the mountain for 40 years. He wasn't complaining. Joseph was thrown into prison down the well and into uh, Potiphar's house and then back into jail. Was he complaining? No. What are we complaining about? We need to get to work and do the Lord's work and forget about our own little selfish ways that we have and all our little things that are, are, are bothering us. And so, here's the thing. Uh, let me see where I'm at here. So, God has put in our heart to do things in this life that he preordained before the foundation of the earth. Did you know that? Before he said, let there be sun, he said, let there be Aurelia. Let there be Rosie. Let there be Rania for a purpose that I've called them for, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. For a purpose, 
not just to take up space here. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God has preordained that we should walk. All we need to do is start walking in what he's called us to do. And you don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be world famous to do what God has called you to be. You can just work and help in the children's church. You can work and help, help your neighbor and do something kind to them. You know, there's people all over this world that need us to, be, to, to touch them. You know, I go, to, I go to our market just about every day. Vaughn's up on the hill, and it's kind of an isolated area. And I go there about every day for 10 years. And you know that in 10 years, I have never seen the same person shopping there. I mean, how many people are there in this world? 10 years, and I've never seen, oh, hi, Mrs. Jones, or hi, nah, I, I'm a stranger every time I go in. Don't you, have, have you ever met anybody in the, store, in the grocery store that you've seen before? Anybody? No, it's, it's always somebody different. That means we have a plenty of opportunity to reach people. You know, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of people that live in Southern California now. A lot of people. And it used to be that you have to be careful when you're driving during the rush hour. Now it's all hours. You have to be careful for driving because there's cars everywhere whenever you go. Saturday, 3 o'clock, there's people out there going places. I don't know where they're going. So we have to, wherever we go, movies, restaurant, yogurt places, I'm always reaching, I'm always trying to reach out to people. In fact, the person that was looking at our air conditioning here, he came out and uh, I found out he went to a church. I go, well, let me ask you something. I go, if you died today, uh, would you go to heaven? He goes, well, my priest would tell me I am. I go, yeah, but what about you? What would you say? Oh, I think I'm good enough. I said, wrong answer. You actually said that, Pastor? Yeah, that's the wrong answer. You can't get into heaven because, hey, I'm pretty good, you know. I'm better than that guy. That's not how you get in. You get in because of Jesus Christ, who was crucified and died for our sins, paid the price that we get in under his righteousness. He goes, can I, can I go get my son? He's out in the truck. I want him to hear this. So he came in. I did the whole story with him. I prayed with him. They led him, led him to the Lord. And he said, we talked for about a half an hour. He said, can you come over to my office? I've got my four secretaries, and I want you to have lunch with them and just tell them the same story. You know, because you just can't, when you have the heart of God and you want to reach out, you just can't stop talking about him. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm this way, crazy way, is I was going to ask you have, you, have you listened to Mary Kay Baxter ever on, on the videos? She's a lady that went to, went to hell for 30 days, 30 nights, and uh, she tells of the torture and the pain that they go through in, in hell. It, it, I mean, it's a fiery torment that they can't get loose from and they can't escape from, and they cry out day and night to the Lord to, to let them be relieved of, of this. And ever since I heard that, I said, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? I'm spiritually... Uh, uh, not aware of what's happening in the spiritual realm, that people are being tested here on this earth to see whether they're going to accept the Lord. And if they don't, they spend eternity in hell, being tormented. What am I doing being so casual and, and nonchalant about my life? I have got a purpose in my life to reach out and touch somebody and make a difference in their life. Praise God. We have a relative that's 102 years old. And I told uh, his daughter, I go, has he accepted the Lord? 
She said, no, I don't know. He hasn't spoken anything about it. I said, don't you think it's kind of getting to be the time to maybe, you know, make a decision? You know, I mean, you don't have too many more years left. She said, well, I don't want like, to push anything on him. I go, push? I would pull <laughs> and bring him out of the fire if I could. And so she said, she was talking to my wife, and she said, well, you know, I accept the Lord, but there's probably many other ways that you can get into heaven. And, and I told my wife and I, we got together, let's show her scripturally where it says, there is no other name under heaven in which a man might be saved, but by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so we texted to her, and we showed her that you can confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. And, she t and my wife's going, well, I don't want her to get, you know, I don't want to lose our friendship with her because she doesn't want to be pushed. But she wrote back, she said, very interesting. I'll consider that, and I'll ponder that and meditate on that. Praise the Lord. Because she reads the Bible every day, but somehow it didn't, she didn't read that part. Because we've been preached so hard that when we were growing up, or when we were, came to the Lord, we were preached that hard, hard, baby, hard. So anyway, it's, it's on the inside of us. It's something that we want to do to reach out. Because we all have missions in life. Did you know that? And what was that show, Mission Impossible? Your mission, if you choose to accept it. Are you going to accept the things that God has called you to do? Are you going to be one that reaches out and touches someone? Praise the Lord. Let me see what we have here. So if you know, if you try to take an adventure with the Lord, there's thrills and spills all the time. Did you know that? It's not just an easy road all the time. The insurity of you don't know what's going to happen. But it's not like a TV show where you can predict what's going to happen. You know, we, we, our favorite show, and now I say it, our favorite show is the Hallmark Movie Channel. <laughs> <laughs> I was counseling with a guy. I says, you know what, you're going to have to give up some of your sports channels and some of your action movies and kind of settling into some Hallmark stuff. He goes, yeah, I'm doing that already. <laughs> but Hallmark has the familiar story. Boy meets girl. Boy gets girl. Boy loses girl. <laughs> Boy gets girl back again, right? <laughs> it's just a pattern. It happens every time. We don't get nervous, you know? They had this great romance going, and then he says something wrong, or she says something wrong, or his, his sister comes, and he th she thinks it's his girlfriend, and they have a, what we call separation, misunderstanding, and, and, and they, don't talk, they can't talk to each other anymore. And then you go for, for a period, about three to four minutes, of this big sad song, and they're moping around, and wish I was with that person, and they used to like that kind of thing, and oh... That's too bad. And, you know, we used to cry. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, it's so. And then we realized every show they get back together again. <laughs> and so we just sit there. We go like, they got five minutes. <laughs> he's in Chicago and he's in L.A. I don't know how it's going to get back. They're going to get back. And sure enough, somehow they, one of them gets on the plane and they meet and they love each other and they kiss. And it's always have to have a kiss at the end. I don't know if you ever noticed that. They go the whole movie, and they never kiss, and then the last 30 seconds, they kiss and end the show. But we don't have that assurance when we go into an adventure in God. Amen? We don't have that assurance. I, I so much wanted to talk to you, Christine, before uh, 
you came today because they have a testimony of their son that, or grandson, right? Do you mind if I share a little bit? It's okay. They have a tremendous testimony. In fact, come on, Christine. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you mind coming up? Or you want me to just tell the story? Come on, you're good, you're good, she's good. Come on. It's a great testimony. You want to come help her, William? No, you're okay. <laughs> so they had a, a, a grandson, and at about, what, two years old? Three, now he's four and a half. Four and a half, so at what age? Uh, three years and three months. Three years and three months. And he got so sick. He got so sick. What, what happened? Tell me. First, 50-50 chance, go ahead. At first, um, they said that it could be leukemia, but the doctor told us that, like, if I said, can you just explain it to us? And he said that, like, if you have 10 cards, the nine cards belong to leukemia, but you still have one card because you still have to do um, bone marrow the following day because he took in, like, in the afternoon. So thank God that it was not leukemia, but it was HLH. I, I'm not sure if you have heard of that. Uh, it was a very rare kind of disease. And he was in the intensive care, pediatric intensive care for one month. And the doctor just like gave up. He said that the oncologist and the a hematologist said that the disease was so stubborn that they give like treatments, uh, steroids, chemotherapy, and uh, some other uh, treatment, but he was not responding to treatment. But God was really good because when a human being gave up, like he could not do anything. Hallelujah. God will take over. Amen. Now he's very healthy. He lives with us. And the doctor said that whatever you're doing, keep on doing because he is so happy with us. He's, I ask my kids, just move in with us. Even if we're just like, we're like sardines in the house. <laughs> but he's very happy. 
Yeah. Tell, tell them the, the count, the, the yeah, count. The first thing count was um, they were not able to test it as severe fault because it was too high. The machine could not read the, the, the test. So they have to send it to Cincinnati Children's Hospital where they are specially specializing the research for that HLH. It was 84,000. The highest that the doctor saw before was 50,000. And as a healthy person who is sick, we only have 100. The highest is 400. But my grandson got to 84,000. From 100 to 84,000. Yes. But the numbers are all good. Okay, good now. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that. Because if you saw the grandson, Matthew, he just runs around. He's all active and everything, climbs all over William. He comes because they live right in the, the, the house over here. And, uh, they come over, and he's active and doing all kinds of things. And if I could share William's testimony, because he, was, he felt sorry for Matthew and said, you know, Lord, if I, I can't stand for him to be in this pain. If you need to take him, just go ahead and take him. And, and, and you know, if that be your will. And then he woke up the next morning and said, what am I thinking? What, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, you got to heal him. And from that day, God started working by faith believe that God has not given up if we don't give up. Praise the Lord. So in your adventure of faith, you never know when God's going to work. You just can't give up. You can't say, I give up. It might be, what, a month, two months, three months, whatever it is, God has heard your prayer and he will answer because he's faithful to his promise. Praise God. Well, let's look. Um, it looks like we, I have three illustrations, but it looks like we're going to go through one. And the father of faith great Abraham. You know, God is a, uh, let's get Batman out of there. <laughs> We're done with Batman, okay. <laughs> Abraham, who was the father of faith. And I'm learning this in school. God is a covenant-keeping God. Did you know that? He makes covenant with, with people. And covenant is different than a contract. A contract is for things, Right? You know, like when you decide you want to buy a new car or your wife decides that she wants to buy a new car and you go down there and you look for the car and the man in, this, in the station <laughs> says, well, let's draw up a contract. <laughs> and that means he wants to lock you in over a thing, a car. But God says in covenant, I'm not talking about a thing. I'm talking about a person. I want you to be with me and I will be with you. The things that I have, I want to give to you. And the things that you have, I need you to give to me. It's a covenant. He's with us forever. And when we fail in our covenant, guess what? God doesn't fail. He's merciful. And he, re, he will reestablish the covenant with you, forgetting those things that you have done, putting them aside, and calling you righteous despite what you have done because the covenant is with God and Jesus. And so we're covered. But So when Adam and Eve sinned, they broke the covenant. 
Noah sinned. He broke the covenant. So God is still trying to make covenant with people. And he goes to Abraham. And now this is a twofold, listen to this, this is good. This is a twofold covenant, twofold blessings. Watch this. I will make you. Is that personal? I'm coming to you, Abraham. There's a lot of people on this earth, but I'm coming to you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, right? I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So not only is he a receiver of the blessing, we're going to see now he's a mediator or a giver of the blessing. You shall be a blessing because I will bless those who bless you. I like that, don't you? And curse those that curse you. So go ahead and bless me, okay? You're going to get blessed. You want to curse me? Go ahead. <laughs> You're going to get cursed. You know, we've seen in our work, when people come against us, they don't do as well. They get fired. They, you know, ran into misfortune. We don't do it, but it's a covenant that he made with us. And then it says here, in you, in Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now that's us. So God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm making a covenant with you, your person, and I'm going to bless you. And then in you, because of you, all the families that come after you, I'm going to bless. And that's us. Isn't that what it says in Galatians 3? Christ has redeemed, redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ. And notice it says singular blessing. What does that mean? Blessing, that means it's a speech. It's, it's from a spoken word from God. I will bless you. And when God blesses you, everything that you do prospers, right? Then how, how did God speak when he, when, he, when he spoke the world into existence? He said, let there be light, let there be sun, right? The greater light. And guess what? It's been beating and, and being bright ever since. Never ran out. We don't have to check and say, is the sun going to be shining today? And we know in Southern California, it has not, less, uh, it, it has not uh, lost its power, right? Sometimes you feel like, God, can you just turn it down a little bit? <laughs> Give me a little fresh air around here. How about the stars? When he spoke the universe into existence, guess what? It's still being created. It's still happening. They still keep seeing the universe expanding and expanding because when God speaks, it just continues. It's like the wind. When you see the wind come, it takes everything up, doesn't it? leaves and paper and, and you if it's not if you're not tied down sometimes the blessing of the lord will come on the let's see this here so here's abraham there he is i like i think that's a good picture of abraham don't you very devout man of god and god had called him at what age andrew you should know actually he called him first at 75 there you go 75, I knew I, uh, he would have it, yeah. But he had the, his baby at, 20, at 25 years later at 100. So that's a long time to be waiting, isn't it? I will bless you, and I will make you a great nation, and you and Sarah will have a child. And he said, I don't think so. <laughs> Sarah laughed, huh, children? <laughs> don't you see? I'm old. This will never happen, but the Bible says they receive strength. And what did God call Abraham to do? 
Come out of your country. Come out of your father's household. And so he had to move physically. But what I'm asking you to do today is move spiritually out of your comfort zone. Don't be so comfortable. I just got to go to my house, watch my TV show, eat my favorite food, you know, call my favorite people, and go to bed. <laughs> Wake up, go to my job. <laughs> no, you got to come out, out of your, look around at people that you can minister and talk to, because God has deposited something on the inside of you that you need to read. Christine, you could tell that story a thousand times to people. You can go to the hospital and tell them, my God <laughs> has healed my grandson, and he'll heal yours too. If you just believe and don't give up, praise God, they need to hear that. And, you know, when you, that's why I like to listen to videos of people's testimony of how God, my wife and I were listening to this story about this woman that had uh, something on her face, a growth on her face, and the minister said, can you believe God for 10 days and confess and believe that God has healed you? She says, yes, I can do it. He says, I want you to say it. Every time you think about it, all day long, God has healed me. I am delivered. Uh, by his stripes, I am healed. And she said at the end of 10 days, it fell off. The whole, with the tentacles and everything, it just fell off her face. And I've heard of the stories. <laughs> you go, ah, you gross. <laughs> if you had it, you'd say, get it off of me, okay? <laughs> it fell off. And then the hole that was left started to be healed, and God healed the whole skin. And it was as if baby skin was on her face. And we've read about that in, in the Bible, where Nehemiah had leprosy, and God gave him childlike skin. So I read those things, I go, hey, you know, it's possible. God can do it. He's not done. He's not saying, like, okay, I, I did that, all right? I'm over with that kind of stuff. <laughs> he says, if you can believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. Amen? So get to believing. Get to working for God. Let him use you, and we'll see wonderful things happen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word, to give us encouragement to know that what you have planned for us will surely come to pass when we believe and trust in you. We thank you, Lord God, that as we trust in you, your promises are true, that you're a God that is not too far but you're near to us who call upon you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.